Okay, we're beginning in the name of God and blessings on the prophet, peace be upon him. And so you are going to, little by little, teach me the life of the prophet as dictated by Martin Lings. Okay, so start whatever you're comfortable with. Okay, so the first chapter is about Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. So Abraham and Sarah are kind of like really old, and so they're past like the childbearing years, and so, um, but Abraham really wants a child, and so Sarah's like, okay, you can take Hagar as a second wife, um, but then she gets really bitter, and so then Hagar flees, um, and then God promises to give a child to Sarah as well, and so then Hagar comes back, and she gives birth to Ishmael, probably forgetting stuff, Um, but then, and Sarah gives birth to Isaac and then Sarah again gets like really jealous and so she's like okay you have to leave and then Abraham is like really torn up about this he's like ah like I don't want you to leave but then God's like it's okay and so then Hagar and Ishmael go to the desert they make their way to Mecca and because the desert's like really hot and everything and it's a long journey it doesn't take long for them to get really thirsty and so they're both in the desert and they're just really thirsty and like wailing of thirst and everything and so Hagar runs to one lookout point and she's like looking for help of anyone who can help them at all and she doesn't see anyone so she runs to the other lookout point and she's like looking for help she doesn't see anyone and so she does that seven times she runs back and forth until after the seventh time she just sits down in the desert and she's like oh my gosh and she didn't find anyone and then the angel Gabriel speaks to her and is like it's okay God has heard your wails of thirst and so he um sprung out a well of and it's called Zamzam from Ishmael's heel and so now there's a well of water and they drink from it and it's all really great and so then later Abraham comes to visit oh and then it's like so because so from Abraham's two sons Isaac and Ishmael comes like the two lines of the two like religious worlds which I think means like from Isaac comes Judaism and then Christianity from Ishmael comes Islam And so, um, after that, it talks about the book of Genesis, and after that, it doesn't really talk about Ishmael. It just says that he goes into the woods and becomes, like, an archer. And then after that, it just doesn't really talk about him that much. And then, so, Abraham goes to the desert to visit Ishmael, and when he's there, God instructs him to build a sanctuary. And so he builds a sanctuary, and it's called the Kaaba, and it's, like, a cubicle shape, and so it has four points, because that's how a cube works, and the four points point to the four (laughs) compass points and it's like north south east west i think and then um a stone falls from the sky and it's originally white but because of the sins of the sons of adam it's tainted black and abraham puts this inside the kaaba um and then he's instructed to start the ritual of the pilgrimage and so um pilgrims should do the make the rounds of the kaaba and make prostration and go on seven times between the two lookout points that hagar did um and then that started the ritual of the pilgrimage, and that's chapter one. <laughs> nice. That was everything. Was it? Was good, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> chapter two. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, it talks about Ishmael's descendants and how they become, after a while, they become too many, and so they have to move out of Mecca. And so, they start to move out of Mecca, and then from with influence from neighboring pagan tribes, they begin, they take the stones from the Kaaba, from the holy precincts, um, and then they begin to add idols to it, and they begin to make rites to honor the stones and the um, idols. And so um, 
they begin to do this, and then because of that, they say it's like the mediators between them and God, but because they make the rights to uh, the stones instead of God, God becomes really like far away and dimmer and dimmer until they um, are mainly just honoring the idols instead of God. And so that's when Jews stop going to the Kaaba. Um, and so back in Mecca, the Jeremites become the lords of Mecca, um, and the people let them do this because uh, Ishmael's second wife was a kinswoman of Jerem. And so they are really bad people, and they have idols, and um, they commit a lot of injustices until finally they're driven out. Um, and when they go out, they um, bury the well of Zamzam, and they bury treasure with it, um, maybe to come back one day and dig up the treasure, but it just gets buried. Um, and they leave, and then after they leave, the Chesuites nice. um, become the lords of Mecca, and they, sorry, <laughs> and so they took their place, and they forget all about Zamzam, um, since it's no longer a necessity, and they just also commit idols, and then um, they bring an idol from the Moabites, mm -hmm. I think, um, called Hubal, and then they place this inside the Kaaba, um, which is not good. Okay. Okay, <laughs> nice. and then chapter three. So this is about um, an Arab tribe of Abrahamic descent called the Quraysh. And so there's this, okay, I'm gonna get my map here. Um, so there's this guy named Kusay, and he marries the daughter of Hulal, um, who is the chief of uh, Khuz, uh, the tribe, yeah. um, who is the, who have control of Mecca. And so um, they're, they're wondering, um, after Hulal's death, who will take over the rights of Mecca, and then after he dies, it goes to Kusay. Um, and so he was the king of the Sarni peoples, and he levies uh, attacks um, to them so that he can provide uh, food and water to the pilgrims who are too poor to provide for themselves. Um, and then he builds himself a spacious dwelling called the House of Assembly, and... Um, that's where he, like, conducts his kingly rule, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and so, basically, in the tribes, there's supposed to be a son who is given preemptive rights, I guess, to the power over Mecca. And it was supposed to go to this, to his son, um, Abdu'l-Manaf. Um, but he favored his eldest son, Abdadar. Um, and even though he was the least capable, and so he gives uh, the rights to Dar even, and so because out of filial piety, um, Abdumanab is like, okay, Dad, you do what you want. Um, this is cool, and so the rights go to Dar, and like that's it for a generation. And then the next generation comes, and Hashim, the son of Abdumanab, is like, mm, I don't really know about this. I think the rights should have been given to us all along. And so then there's this tension between Hashim and his allies and the eldest line. And so Hashim goes to the Kaaba, and the wives of the tribe had put a bowl of perfume, I think, by the Kaaba, and they go and rinse their hands in it, and they make an, an oath to um, never abandon one another, and thus they're called the scented ones. And then the eldest line, uh, their allies also make an oath, and they call themselves the Confederates. And so there's tension between them, and they're, um, you're not supposed to fight within uh, the province of Mecca or the... Mecca area because it's holy and so they're about to go outside of the line and go fight it out but then they reach a compromise so Hashem and his allies are given 
the rights to levy the tax and to feed and water the pilgrims, um, and the eldest line is given the keys to the Kaaba and to guard the Kaaba. So that's that. So then there's this place called Yathrib, and it's 11 days on a camel ride from Mecca, and Jews live in prosperity there, and there's also Arab tribes. And so the Arab tribes have uh, matriarchal traditions, and so there is this really well-known woman called Kayla, and so out of Kayla branched two tribes, and it's called Aus and Khazraj. And so Khazraj has this notable guy named Amr, and his son is Salma, and Hashem marries Salma, and together they have a son, Sheba. And so Sheba, from when he was really little, showed a lot of promise and leadership abilities. And so um, back in Mecca, Mutalib, who is the younger brother of Hashem, and after Hashem died, the rights were given to him because the other two brothers were um, busy with other stuff. So the rights go to him, and so he goes to Yathrib, and um, he's like, I think that you have a lot of promise, and I think you should come back to Mecca with me because there's a lot more business opportunities than there are here in Yathrib. And Sheba's really hesitant to leave his mother, but his mother's like, you know what, I want the best for you, so you go with Mutalib. And so they leave nephew and uncle, and they go to Mecca. And while they were on their way to Mecca, um, some guys saw them, and they thought that he was the slave of Mutalib, and so they called him Abdal Mutalib. And, and then Mutalib was like, no, he's not my servant, he's my nephew, but then that the nickname stuck, and so then they just called him Abdal Mutalib. And... After Mutalib died, um, because uh, Abdel Mutalib was so uh, promising a leader and he was just really well respected and well liked out of everyone, the rights went to him. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then chapter four talks about Abdel Mutalib. So, basically, there's um, a holy precinct by the Kaaba, and sometimes um, Abdel Mutalib liked to take a couch, a sofa there. Um, and lay there and sleep there um, so that he could be close to the Kaaba. And one night while he was sleeping there, a shadowy figure um, came and visited him and said, dig sweet clarity. And he was like, what does this mean? What is sweet clarity? And he was super confused, but then before he could ask any questions, um, the figure disappeared. And he was like, okay, that was weird. I'm just going to sleep here. And so for the next three nights, he slept there again. And the next two nights, the shadowy figure came back and said more vague, opaque things. And he was like, what is going on? I don't understand. But again, the figure disappeared before he could get any answers. But then on the fourth night, the figure came back and he said, dig Zamzam. And then Abdel Muttalib was like, what is Zamzam? And so the figure said, recited this little poem and basically said to um, make a prayer to God and find the place where there's blood and dung um, and ants nest and pecking ravens. And so the next morning he wakes up and he uh, prays to God and so right after the prayer he hears a bird take flight behind him and so he turns around and it's a raven and so he follows the raven and there's another raven raven and he goes to uh, this place between two big rocks and it's the place of sacrifice between two idols um, and so he goes there and there's blood and dung because of the sacrifice and an ant's nest and now pecking ravens and he's like oh my gosh this is it this is the place so he goes back and he gets his son and then they come back with pickaxes and they start digging the well because that's what god told them to do and then a big crowd gathers and they're like what are you doing man this is the place of sacrifice you can't do this this is awful but they're like no we're gonna do this anyway and so he has his um 
he has his son guard uh, guard him while he's digging. So he keeps digging and finally hits the stone of Zamzim and then he digs it up and he takes the treasure and so he distributes it between himself and the Kaaba. And then from then on the well of Zamzim was um, back to its prime glory and <laughs> water. Um, and so then from then on he didn't have to water the pilgrims anymore because the well was there. And that is that. And then the clan of Hashem was to be in charge of Zamzam. And yeah. So that's chapter four. And then chapter five is again about Abdul Muttalib. So Abdul Muttalib is like a great guy. He's well respected. He's well liked. He has a lot of reasons to be really happy. And so he is happy. But there's something that's really bugging him because he only has one son. And he really wants more than one son. And so he prays to God and he's like, God, like I really just want 10 sons. If you grant me 10 sons, I promise I will... He makes a vow to sacrifice one of the sons if he is granted ten sons. And so the years pass, and nine sons are granted to him. He has nine sons in addition to the one he already has. And he's like, wow, this is great. But then when all ten sons are, you know, grown up and everything, he's like, oh, yeah, I made that vow. And so uh, breaking the vow was never, he never had an intention to do that because he made a vow to God. And so he tells his, son of, he tells his sons of uh, the vow he made to God. And he's like, okay, guys, this is, this is the deal. One of you guys has to die. And so they go to the Kaaba, and they go to a man who starts casting uh, the lots and to decide which one uh, the arrow is going to fall on and which one should be sacrificed. And so Adam Motalab has a favorite son, and he's like, okay, like, this is my favorite son, so hopefully it's not him. But then they go, and they cast lots, and it's him. So it's him, and they go out of the Kaaba, and they're both really pale and really scared, and the people are like, why are you guys, like, freaking out? Just, you know, sacrifice something instead of your son. And they're like, mm, I don't know. We made this vow to God. I don't know if God would, like, accept that. And then someone tells them to go see this wise woman in Yathrib. And so they go hunt down this wise woman in, Yath- er, in Yathrib, but she wasn't there, so they went somewhere else, and they found her. And she tells them to place ten camels against the sun, and so keep casting the lots, and so until the arrow lands on the camels. And so... If it lands on the camels, great, sacrifice the ten camels. And if it lands on the sun, keep adding ten camels until finally the arrow lands on the camels. And so they go back to Mecca and they do this. And so the arrow continuously falls on the sun, like, again and again and again. They keep adding more and more camels until finally they're at 100 camels, which is, like, a lot of camels. And so finally the lot, uh, the arrow lands on the camels. And he's like, okay, that's cool, but I don't know if this is really like, I don't know if God really accepts this, so let me do this again just to make sure. So he does it a second and a third time, and both times it lands on the camels, and he's like, okay, cool, God accepts my sacrifice, so then he sacrifices the camels, and his son is good, and he's alive, and he doesn't sacrifice him. Good. So, yeah, nice work. This was, uh, that was very thorough for each of the chapters. And so, so to put it all together, we have uh, the story of sort of like the lineage 